Did you ever think we'd make it this far? To 400 episodes of Canada's Pinball Podcast. From being banned from Pinside years ago, being called an internet troll that nobody would listen to, we would just fade away. And all of a sudden, we've got the number one pinball podcast two years in a row. And I think we started a commentary on this hobby that was very important. And I know that you love it. I know that it resonates with so many of you out there. I know the manufacturers respect this show, even if they won't come on the show. And I just want to thank all of you as we get kicking off to this episode 400 with a little guns and effing roses. I want to thank all of you who listen to this show on a weekly basis. You know who you are, all 2,500 to 3,000 of you who actually tune in. I actually want to thank, too, all of you guys out there who don't admit to listening to this show, but you listen to every single show. You know who you are as well. Thank you so much for the support. I want to thank all of you guys who donate to the Patreon page of Canada's Pinball Podcast. Brenda and I have had some amazing meals thanks to you guys, so keep up the donations. I want to thank all the pinball companies out there. I mean, without them, this show wouldn't exist, and none of us would have anything to fall in love with and stuff to bitch about on a weekly basis. So thank you to all the manufacturers and all the hardworking men and women at those companies that wake up every day and make pinball machines for us in 2019. We truly appreciate it. I want to thank all the pinball media guys out there and Twitch streamers and everyone who wakes up and gives a lot of their time on a daily basis to make pinball content for you for free. Most of us make absolutely no money doing this. I want to thank all of them because it is a very, very selfless profession to go into. So thank you guys. And I especially want to thank all the pinball podcasters out there that take the first five to 10 minutes to talk about their weekends and what they had for breakfast. Because without those guys, I might not win a third Twippy, all right? I want to thank all the guests of Canada Pinball Podcast. We've had a lot of guests over the years that were really amazing. I want to thank guys like Jerry at P3 that come on and answer all the tough questions. I want to thank Jersey Jack for coming on, George Gomez, the Black Knight, who's given us so much good pinball history on this show. I want to thank Ted, can't forget Ted, or Blake Dumasnil, great artist down there in Texas. Blake, we love you. Who else we've had? Larry, Dr. Frightner, kind of crazy new guy we all love and hate at the same time. We've had a lot of great guests. Greg Bone, I can't even mention them all. You know, but I just want to say thanks to uh, Nick Parks, right? All the great information he gave us. Over the years, we've tried to give you guys a mixture of my insanity and some great insights from people out in the pinball world. So thank you to all the guests of the show. I need to thank all of my distributor friends out there in the pinball world. Without you guys, I wouldn't get inside information that you're not supposed to give the show. I mean, I love distributors. Everyone from Zach Many to Chris and Melissa at Cointaker to JJ at Game Exchange. You know, Nick Parks. You know, pinball distributors without them, right? Who would have our backs in this pinball world when things go wrong with machines? And so thank you to all of you out there who set up our pinball machines for us. I need to thank my twin brother who made all the music mixes that you guys love. I want to thank Mr. Bill Brandis out there from Canada for keeping me grounded all the time on Facebook. You know, Bill's a great friend. He came to my wedding, but he's also the kind of guy where I can hit up at 3 in the morning and just chat pinball on Facebook, and he, he keeps me from making 
terrible financial decisions. I want to thank Ed Robertson for always being a fan of the show and, and always giving me great commentary via text and for inviting me to go backstage at his concert. That was awesome. And finally, I just want to thank the most important two people in my life besides my mom and dad. That's Bubba and Brenda. Their love, and especially Brenda, she understands this hobby and how much I love it. And she is so understanding when I wake up in the morning and I put on this headset and microphone and I kick her out of the bedroom while she's trying to get ready. And even though she rolls her eyes at times when she sees me spend exorbitant amounts of money on these games, she's so supportive and I thank her so much. And, I, and those of you who know, when you have the right partner in life, they actually enjoy watching you get enjoyment out of silly, silly things like pinball. So Brenda, I love you. Thank you so much. Let's get episode 400 started. The theme of this episode is can you blame them? This is going to be a fun little romp. So strap in, kids. Episode 400 of Canada's Pinball is about to begin. Episode 400 of Canada's Pinball Podcast entitled, Can You Blame Them? And what we're going to do with no notes, with no scripting, with nothing else other than what pops into my head, I'm going to go down a list of things in this hobby in which I think we ask the question, can you blame them for doing that, right? So let's start right away. Can you blame Stern Pinball for charging $15,000 for Elvira Signature Limited Edition Machine? Of course we can't blame them. What a smart, genius move by George Gomez and company to price this machine that high. And can you blame them? And here's why. Because they know that there are more than 50 multimillionaires, probably not even all millionaires, out people out there who love Elvira so much that are willing, willing to pay $15,000 for upgrades that probably cost them, are you ready for it? Probably cost them no more than $500 to $1,000 because here's what's amazing about the pinball hobby is everybody has memory loss. Do people forget that what Nick Park said, that Stern's bomb, let's say Stern's bomb on Elvira is three to four thousand dollars okay let's say it's let's just give them the benefit of the doubt let's say it costs stern pinball five thousand dollars to make elvira pinball machine can you blame them that they know that there are enough suckers out there that would spend ten thousand dollars more than it costs to make that specific machine all because they're going to put a little plaque on it that says one out of 50. That's it. Can you blame them that they would leave that kind of money on the table knowing that collectors are also somewhat suckers because they need to have something limited? But also, here's the other part. Can you blame the collectors that can't sleep at night until they get one of these 50 machines? Because here's what goes on on the other side of the fence within the mind of the collector. The collector guy, all he wants to do 
is say one thing to all of his friends. And this is why I think all 50 of those games are going to sell out immediately uh, when they're when we see all the details and, and the stuff in living high-res color. Here's, here's what's going on in their head. Can you blame these guys when all they want to say to their pinball buddies when they come over is one simple thing? This is the best version of the game available. That's all they want to say. They want to say there's no better version, and then they want to say there's only 50 of them. And can you blame Stern for using what I think is the smartest marketing tactic in the world when they tell people half of these are going overseas, so there's really only 25 of them in America, and then they can even go deeper. That means there's not even enough for one of these Elviras per state. Oh my God, they layer on the fear of missing out sales tactics so hard. And guess what? Everybody falls for it. I just talked to a distributor that has already sold two out of his three Elvira SLEs. Two people have already committed to spending $15,000 on a machine they never have even seen yet, like the full thing. And what's, what are the features of the SLE? I love it. I love this hobby. It's stupid. It's so stupid, and it's actually probably really inane to try to make sense of it all. But can you blame them? Also, can you blame people who have a lot of money, who just want something that makes them happy? On some level, if you think about all of this, does it really matter? Does it, does it bother you that someone out there is brought pleasure by buying the best version of Elvira SLE? And look, that's all that matters. It's the best version. Even if it just has $100 more in foiled cabinet decals, to that person, just the ability to know they have the top of the line version, that might just bring them happiness. And I think, you know what? Can you blame them if they've got millions of dollars and money doesn't matter and what they want is just something that puts a smile on, smile on their face Right, They wake up every day, they see that they have one of the 50 in the world, and that makes them happy. Can you blame them for buying it, right? Can you blame them? All right, what else can we look at in the pinball world? Can you blame them? Can you blame Jerry at P3 for continuing to go down his multimorphic dream path? You can't blame him. Guy had a dream. Guy wanted to do something different in pinball. Didn't want to make things the way everybody else did. So he went off and he created an entirely new pinball platform. But the other side of Jerry that we sometimes don't talk about is all the P-Rock work he did. So can you blame a guy that makes a system that has actually been the engine that has driven so much new pinball creation? Can you blame a guy for actually you know, making money on that side of the fence and then jumping over to the other side and just trying something completely radically new? Can't blame him. You know, and when you, all of us, all of us can relate to falling in love with a dream and having a vision, even if it doesn't come to fruition, even if it doesn't come commercially successful, can you blame people out there in the world that just want to zig where others zag, that just want to try something new, that won't give up on a dream, right? There's something admirable in life about having a vision for something and not giving up on it. And look, if it's putting, if he can put food on the table and, and he can take care of his family, can you blame a guy that won't listen to all the marketing feedback that Canada keeps giving him about how to become commercially successful? I don't think we can, all right? Can you blame Barry at Dutch Pinball for once again 
fooling everybody into thinking everything's going to be all right, right? Can you blame the guy? I mean, how many years does that guy get a second chance? How many newsletters can a guy put out and still convince people that it's going to work out in their favor? I would love to be in that position. Imagine if I went into work for years and didn't deliver on the things that my bosses paid me for. And instead of delivering anything, I put out a Chris newsletter every four months in which I said, hey guys, hey, hey boss Arena dudes, hey, I just checked in and I ran the numbers on Chris's productivity coming up in the future and the numbers look good. I think you're gonna get actually some work from Chris. Can you blame him? Can you blame him that he's allowed to do that? To just write a bunch of gobbledygook newsletters and install hope all over again, right? Can you blame Big Lebowski EAs for, for going along with it? How can you blame these guys, right? All they have is what Barry says, their money's gone. They've invested in them. What other choice does an EA have other than to stay on the train? There's nothing they can do other than sue. Can you blame them for not suing people, right? Everyone says, like, just sue, just sue. It's easy. It, it's going to cost money. And it's really hard when you've been burned by someone like Barry and you lost your 8500 bucks. It's really hard then to add more money to those losses in the form of a lawsuit. And, you know, that's, well, maybe that's what class action's for, right? But can you blame them that they now have Stockholm Syndrome and have to root for the guy that has caused them nothing but pain for three years. Can you blame the big Lebowski flippers, people? Let's talk about it. How can you blame people who just took advantage of a situation? All right, I know what you're saying. They're, they're selling someone else's game, but they're also opportunistic. So what? Who cares? What else was going to happen to these games? These games were going to go up for sale either way. Even if you don't want that to be the case, that was always going to be the case. So can you blame guys like the one who came on my show and sold his Big Lebowski for $20,000 and walked away? How can you blame them? The buyer's happy. The seller's happy. The only one who's not happy is the EA, but the EA was never going to get the game anyway. So can you blame them? Can you blame rare hero Greg Colton? for unfriending Canada on Facebook. He didn't just unfriend me, he blocked me from Facebook. This is a man I used to talk to every day for years and just buying a big Lebowski sent him into a tailspin in which he won't even talk to me. So can you blame Greg? Maybe not. Maybe Greg is looking at me like I'm the ultimate hypocrite. But I need to tell Greg if he still listens to the show, Greg, we're all hypocrites on some level. I know Greg is, is democratic, he's very liberal, and Greg, someone could easily zoom out and look at your life and say, wait a minute, look at this guy. He's got enough money to buy an $8,500 pinball machine. How can you say you're a man of the people and helping others out that are in need? Why don't you donate that $8,500, Greg, to like children in need and to cancer patients and to all the other things that, you know, to plastic waste removal? See, that's the thing about all of this. You can zoom out far enough and we're all hypocrites because we're all buying stuff that is for no greater good other than self-pleasure. And here's the thing. I'm okay with that. You know, can you blame people for just wanting to have some fun in their lives? In a world in which there's so much terrible news on a daily basis, in a world in which so many of you personally are going through struggles and hard times. And I don't mean that just like financially because not all of you are going through financial hard times, but life is hard. Like Buddha was right. 
Life is filled with suffering. That is at the core of our existence the moment we all realize and are self-aware that we're going to die, that time is very short on this planet. We start to understand that life is a balance of how do I take care of myself and make myself happy and how do I give to others and how do I give to the world in a way in which me, what makes me feel fulfilled. And we're all part of that journey together in different ways, but also together. It's just the human existence. So can you blame people that just want to spoil themselves a little bit by buying a pinball toy that is non-essential? And I think sometimes we're very critical of each other and we attack each other, but we're all in the same boat, right? We're all on the same reality show, people, that everyone else, if you zoom out, is looking at us like we're a bunch of losers, so maybe sometimes we should be a little bit nicer and understanding and look, flipping stuff and trading things and profiteering on pinball games. That's all part of this hobby. It's, let, me just, let me just say for a minute, it's part of every single collectible hobby. And, no one, you know, and you can cry about it or you can just accept that that's just the way a collectible hobby works. Okay, People will take advantage of situations in which they can make money. And can you blame them? I don't think you really can. All right? Can you blame? Can you blame Jersey Jack Pinball for thinking that Canada is a terrible person? Not really, right? I mean, think about it if you're Jack. Put yourself in Jack's shoes. You're Jack. You are trying really hard to innovate pinball and push pinball further, right? You're trying to give people the best possible pinball experience that you can create in modern times. And for all intents and purposes, Jersey Jack Pinball has pushed the envelope more than anybody. If it weren't for Jersey Jack games, Stern games wouldn't be where they are today. And if it weren't for Jersey Jack games, we wouldn't have things like LCDs. We wouldn't have like great mechanisms in games. Pinball was dying and pinball was getting really lazy and Jack showed us with the Wizard of Oz you know what pinball could be and he restored a lot of that Bally Williams magic so can you blame him that he invites a guy like Canada into his pinball factory shows him a new game that guy goes on and says how great the game is how he can't wait to buy one how he wrote a check on the spot and then a few weeks later he's slamming the product right but can you blame me a pinball podcaster that is in nobody's back pocket for changing my mind, right? Don't lie to Canada. Don't tell Canada you have all the assets to the game when you don't. And if you don't, that's okay. I'm okay with that. See, one simple thing. I just want the truth. Tell me the truth about what is happening with this game. Tell me the truth about the licensing hurdles. Tell me the truth about all of it. And I will be fair and respectful because what I'm not is a bad guy. What I'm not is a jerk. What I'm not is a terrible person because what I am is just someone who wants to know what's really going on and what's underneath the surface. And if you tell me the truth, I'll be fair. I'd be an idiot. I would be a jerk. I would be an a-hole if I complained about lack of assets if you did not even have access to those assets, okay? So can you blame me for changing my mind on that game, okay? Can you blame, here's the, here's the one that's really sort of like, oh my God, like fire bells are going off in my head around this one. Can you blame the fact that people have already stopped talking about the clear code issues? I've never seen a community uh, so quickly hoodwinked 
by the promise of a new game to stop asking the simple questions from the manufacturers. And all of a sudden, everyone's got stars in their eyes around Elvira and around what's new and around Jurassic Park LE, but nobody, and I mean all of you out there, and I mean all of you pinball podcasters and media and fans and hobbyists and pinsiders, nobody is, is asking for the, a conclusion on this whole story. None of the manufacturers have actually released an official statement about what the problem was and what the solve is. Everyone is just like, oh, it's fixed overnight. It's fixed. Oh, there's no artwork under the post. Oh, there's no more any issues. Take my money now. Can you blame these manufacturers for never uh, you know, testing these products accurately before taking your money they're doing the same thing all over again how is so how has this been tested that just removing artwork from under the post solves everything is that going to solve the fact that what we heard from the experts was that the clear coat if it's water based is not as strong and it will pull and it will crack and it will dimple and all this stuff so they fixed all that in like a couple weeks just because artwork is removed so what are you going to do right can you blame the people who got refunded their Jersey Jack playfields that still have artwork under the post. So what about those people? You sent those people playfields and they still have artwork under the post. So clearly those playfields don't have the solution. And can you blame those people for still wanting an answer on whether or not they got a good playfield or if it's still a bad one? How can you blame these people, right? It's crazy. It's crazy how quickly in today's society we give up. We give up in our search of the truth. We give up in terms of like demanding manufacturers actually fix a problem. We're so quickly appeased. And that is sad. It, it really is sad that, you know, all you want is to be excited about pinball. But if there's an issue that should limit your excitement, that should pause your buying frenzy, you don't want to be there. Right, you want to be back into the hype train, and that's where everybody tries to get to. But I implore all of you out there, you have not heard from one manufacturer what the problem was and what the actual solution is. And until you get some official communication, how can you not still be hesitant to spend money? God forbid someone should spend $15,000 on an Elvira, and then all of a sudden they have playfield issues. Can you blame them? I would blame the buyer in that scenario. You did not wait for an official solution from, from a manufacturer. All right, what else is going on in the pinball world? Can you blame the fact that nobody really wants to sponsor or advertise on the world's number one pinball podcast, right? I've asked so many people out there, you know, come on, come on the show, Zach Manny. Let's do a show. Let's talk about it. Can you blame them? that they don't want to do anything. Can you blame all the manufacturers who are now avoiding being interviewed on Canada's Pinball Podcast? Jersey Jack don't want to talk to me. Zach Sharp over at Stern Pinball always tells me, it's not a good time, Chris. It's not a good time. That is like uh, Steve Jobs telling the New York Times tech reporter, it's not a good time for us to talk about the new iPhone, you know, when, when, when it was a New York Times, Wall Street Journal, you know, all the, this is the number one pinball podcast, Zach Sharp. It's the number one pinball podcast, Jersey Jack. So I, I, can you blame them though? How can they come on this show and talk about their companies when they know they're not going to get softball questions? But I'm very respectful, but can you blame them? You know, it's gotten to the point now 
where here I am like, well, why do all these other pinball podcasts have all these other great advertisements and sponsors and the number one show doesn't have any? You know, it's gotten to the point now where I now have to start running other people's ads just to feel like I'm a legitimate pinball podcast. You know, something like this. Flipping Out Pinball is the exclusive distributor for the Slap Save Pinball Podcast. <laughs> Flipping Out offers the newest and hottest machines as well as the Escalera powered stair climber. Contact Zach at 847-778-4876. Once you go Zach, you never go back. I mean, I would never buy a pinball machine unless my distributor had the Escalare uh, stair climber. Hey, hey guys, we're going to buy a machine today. Uh, you know, wait, do they have the Escalare stair climber? If not, we have to go to those guys over at Flipping Out. No, it's, look, I don't really care. This show will never be in someone's back pocket. I don't care if nobody ever comes back on this show. You know we don't need guests, but we will get great guests from time to time. And how awesome is it when guests like Josh Kugler and Jerry come on the show because they have the guts to do it. And you know who else is going to come on the show? Robert Mueller over at Deep Root. Now, speaking of can you blame them, can you blame Deep Root for not showing anything yet? Absolutely not. They're doing it right. Can you blame them for not taking any money? So they don't owe anybody anything, and they're taking their time to get it right. Now, look, we all know this. They might have waited too long. There is a lot a lot of titles out there right now. So can you blame the pinball buying community for feeling extreme fatigue right now and they're overwhelmed, right? We are oversaturated with games right now. I think the last thing by the end of 2019 people are going to say is we need more pinball in the world. No, what everyone is saying right now is I need more money and I need more space. And those are the two things that I'm in short supply of. I'm, we are no longer in short supply of pinball options and pinball companies out there. Uh, but can you blame Robert Mueller and can you blame his desire to disrupt the pinball marketplace? And I can't. And I think pinball needs more people that want to be disruptive, that want to change the game, that want to raise the bar, and want to put as much magic as they can into a game. But can you blame Can you blame our skepticism, right? Can you blame consumers looking at uh, ventures like Deeproot and saying, well, that's all well, but where are the games? Why did you come out a year ago and say you were going to ship more games in 2019 and then uh, you shipped none of them, right? Maybe they are also learning the ultimate lesson in all of this, which is basically manufacturing is the hardest part. And Stern Pinball is a manufacturing juggernaut. And that is why they can keep going the way they're going. Now, can you blame Stern Pinball for just clobbering the competition? They don't have to do this. They don't have to release so many titles one on top of another. But can you blame them? Stern must be running the numbers that show that this hobby does not have a, another 10 years in it. And they're going to cash out as much as they can because with every release, if they're making money, that money's going into the bank. It's getting reinvested. Some of it's getting reinvested in new games. Other money is getting reinvested in other you know, financial ventures and they're going to keep making money. And those investors and Gary Stern and George Gomez, they're going to retire so wealthy thanks to all of us and thanks to the fact that they actually delivered games that had great themes, great art and great fun. And, and can you blame them? You know, can you blame them for charging what they charge for their games? You just can't. 
because they actually make the games fun and available. All right, and we're gonna and we're we're all suckers. I, I always say this: Stern Pinball is like the biggest drug dealer in the world, and we're addicted to pinball. So can you blame them for simply making drugs on on a daily basis that we will buy no matter what they price it at? I mean, Stern could start the pros at seven thousand; they would still sell because who else would you know? What else would you buy? All right, look, can you blame people for spending so many hours and so much of their life? on Pinside. Can you blame them? You know, Pinside is an outlet for people. It, it is, I look at Pinside like this. It's like a virtual bar, right? It's like a bar. Imagine if, imagine if that bar was in the real world in which everyone who went into that bar loved pinball and the conversations you could have with people in that bar were all around one thing and that's pinball. And so it's a great gathering place, right? It's a Zocalo of pinball enthusiasts. And it's addictive. It's really addictive. You know, you know, like when scientists study how we get addicted to our cell phones buzzing and ringing and text messages that come in. That's what Pinside is like on, on a basically on a minute by minute basis when you put up a thread and someone responds to it or thumbs it up or thumbs it down. Like you get all excited to know that somebody out there. Here's the thing. Somebody out there actually cares about what you said about pinball. And that is a laughable thing because we all know that if we went into 99.9% of the other bars in the world and ran in there and said, hey, guys, hey, you know, people should try this today. Walk into any bar and say, hey, everybody, stop. Wait a minute. Do you guys think that the vertical upkick on Elvira kicks the ball across the playfield and into the trunk? What do you guys think? And watch the people in the bar just fall over backwards and play dead. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about any of this stuff but us. Nobody. It's very small. It's a tiny little community. Uh, but it's, you know what? I would rather, especially spending so much time in New York City bars, I would be the one guy be like, wait, you're telling me? The ball is going to fly across the play field into a trunk on a pinball machine? Tell me more, my friend. So that's pin side. Like, can you blame people for spending so much time? I'll say this, though. The opposite side of it is I do think it's addictive. I think pin side breeds a lot of negativity. I think it is stupid when you zoom out a little bit to see all the people arguing with each other when ultimately you guys all like the same thing, right? The endless debate about pinball is so stupid. It's the most subjective thing. You know, it's not like sports forums where you could argue about your teams, but ultimately those two teams will play each other and they can settle it. You know, like like Medieval Madness can't play Batman 66. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's stupid. It's stupid that we get mad that people like something that we don't, right? I told this to someone. You know, when people cry about what Stern's doing with Elvira... It is the equivalent of picketing outside of a movie theater. Like, like that's like the pinside crybabies and the pinside babies. They're, they're like picketing outside a movie theater being like, oh my God, I can't believe what's in that movie. It's like, and they don't even, A, they haven't even seen the movie yet. And B, like, they're not even going to go see the movie. They, they're just crying about the fact that it even exists, that Stern's charging this much for the game. And I think it's absolutely asinine, right? But can you blame them too? Because for some of these people, and this is a really hard truth, for some of these people, it's all they've got. And what I mean by that 
they've made pinball so much of their lives. Like they spend hours and hours a day on pin side. They spend countless hours listening to pinball podcasts and watching Twitch streams. And it's like, it's like the center of their world. If you were to ask them, like, what's the thing you're the most into? It's pinball. You know, and look, that is both awesome and sad at the same time. And everybody out there is different. Like everybody out there, you know, we should not judge how people decide to live their lives. Everybody's free to live it the way they want. You know, there might be some single guy out there who's 45, who has no wife and has no kids and has a house full of pinball machines and it makes him happy. Who cares? He's living the life he wants to live. Now, there might be a guy out there that has a wife and three kids and he's in love with them and they love pinball and they have a nice game room and they're having a good time. Who cares? Now, there might be a guy and this might be some of you out there. You know, you're kind of you're kind of sick of your wife. <laughs> you know, your kids kind of annoy you. You've worked hard your whole life to earn the money you have. And you're goddamn, you're going to buy yourself yourself things that make you happy. Even if your wife doesn't know about it, and even if your kids don't appreciate it, you don't really care. And you look forward to those pinball shows, right? You look forward to traveling to those shows so you can finally hang out with people that appreciate and love the things you love. And you can't wait to get away from your wife and kids for just three days to drink some you know, whiskey and beer and play pinball for three days straight. And you know what? God bless those people. That's part of life too. We all end up in different situations. Uh, and ultimately, you know, pinball does one thing. It brings people together. So can you blame us? In a world, in a world in which so much of what's happening out there in the world divides us, you know, this politically correct world that I think sucks now, like everyone is so offended by everything. Uh, Can you blame us that we've decided, you know, to hitch our boats to something like pinball because it's a game, it's fun, it's colorful, it reminds us of our youth. You know, there's a big part of this whole thing that is nostalgic. That is a feeling we had when we were kids and we went into arcades and we saw these games and they lit up and and we could just turn the outside world off, right? When that game gets turned on and you're focused on playing pinball, everything else sort of dissipates and fades away and you, you have a little bit of a moment to yourself with the game and I think that's what's so special about it. And then when, when you're not playing, you're connected with people that also love your passion and are, are great to hang out with. And, and let's be honest. Let's all be honest. Some of these people we've met in the pinball hobby have become some of our best and closest friends in our lives. And for some of us out there, some of those friendships are so strong, even if we're not physically close to each other. That's an amazing thing. Like you can bond with someone over something and have a relationship even long distance because you're connected over something you love and you get to know these people sometimes more then their coworkers know them. And heck, you know, sometimes more probably than their wives and kids even know them because, you know, you can be yourself. And I think for me, you know, can you blame me that I've turned my bedroom into an arcade and I've always sort of surrounded myself with things that I enjoyed? Because can you blame anyone that just wants to enjoy life? On some level, I don't think it's a crime to just try and enjoy your life and surround yourself with things that bring you happiness, okay? Oh man, what else is going on? Episode 400. Can you blame? Can you blame the people out there that booed Canada and that have hated me from day one? Like, can you blame guys like Hilton who have unsuccessfully tried to stop this kind of commentary? 
Can you blame people that call me a charlatan, a hypocrite, a, a sociopath, a psychopath, all these terrible things? You know, I saw today someone still brought up a deal I did on Clav like nine years ago for a fixed field, like saying Canada's a troll and a thief. Can you blame these people that insult me nonstop? I don't blame them. If I was looking at my life from the outside, I would also be a little bit envious and jealous of this dude. This dude is like, he looks like he's got his shit figured out. Sorry to curse. I don't have it all figured out. I'm not the happiest guy on the planet, but I have a decent amount of balance in my life. I got a job I love. I got a wife I love. I've got a bulldog I love. I've got a car that's pretty decently fast. I've got another car that Brenda has that carves up the twisties. I've got a pinball machine that I think is one of Stern's best. And I don't really want much more. Uh, I have ambitions to do other things. I want to start a family one day. I want to move somewhere more peaceful. Uh, but from the outside looking in, I think a lot of people just want to hate me. They want to like say, oh, he's a terrible guy. He doesn't really care about this hobby. Can you blame them? But can you blame me for thinking those people are absolutely wrong? You think I wake up every morning and do 400 episodes about pinball because I don't care about the hobby? And when we want to talk about furthering this hobby, there's this notion that these tournament players are the guys who are doing it. And no, they're not. Most of those dudes don't buy new machines. They just bitch about the new machines. Most of those guys are not having fun at shows. You ever see like a tournament at a show? Do you ever see the long faces of tournament players as they work all day long to win like 40 bucks? Do you ever do league night in your city in which these guys are there all night long, like three nights a week? Like there's so many long faces in that world because here's what I think those guys didn't, here's what I think, you know, those guys don't get is that pinball was designed for fun. And when you watch tournaments and you watch these people competitively, you know, playing pinball, the last thing it looks like they're having to me is fun. Maybe it's fun when you when you win, but it was never meant to be that, and it's just not for me, and that's why you don't hear about it on this podcast. Now, can you blame these guys for saying that, well, we're, 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 we're what's wrong with the hobby? It's these new-in-box collectors. I saw that. I saw Greg Colton. It's this new, these new-in-box collectors. Uh, they, they're destroying pinball. And how ironic is it that you've got these group of people that are complaining about new in box pinball buyers being the problem in pinball. Well, newsflash, gents, if there aren't new in box pinball buyers, there is no future for pinball. We are the future. We are the people who buy these games, who keep these companies in business, who put food on the table for the employees who work at these companies. They need us. They want us in this hobby. We are the hobby, not you guys who are searching for used games from the 90s. It's us. Can you blame the guys who say that Bally Williams games are shallow? Can you blame them for thinking that like, you know, those games aren't good enough anymore for home environments? I don't think so. I don't think those games are shallow at all. Uh, you know, I think what's happened in pinball recently is that people are starting to... Uh, you know, they're, they're starting to fall in love with some of the deeper coding aspects of these games. But let's not for a minute, let's not for a minute think that any movie made today is better than the movies made in the 80s, okay? Not for one minute. There is not one action movie 
There is not one comedy today that compares with a Schwarzenegger action film from back in the day or from like all the, you know, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. When's the last time you went into a movie theater and saw something as great as that? I just watched The Last Starfighter last night and I'm like, they would just never make a movie like this anymore. You know, we've got elements or we've got fragments of that, like Stranger Things, but pinball is the same way. It's like, it's really easy to like look at Elvira or look at Batman or look at Willy Wonka and look at all these games and be like, oh yeah, like this is the best pinball is. But no, no, you ha- if you just go back and you appreciate what those games of the 90s pulled off, that is still the pinnacle. Those are still the best games. Now, I get it for you really good players out there, and I can hear Ed Robertson banging his head against the wall. I understand that these new games with their deeper rule sets are more enjoyable to own. Absolutely, none of those games were meant to own back in the day. They were just meant for fun, for quick fun. That is what pinball was always supposed to be. A pinball machine was never supposed to be a role-playing game that you had a 45-minute game on Pirates of the Caribbean. And you don't understand, Chris, how good Pirates of the Caribbean is because you haven't had a deep game. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I don't want to choose from 22 characters when I start a pinball game. I don't want to have to have the you know a 50-page book to tell me how to play the game. I just want to know intuitively what to shoot at. And that's where Stern wins. Like, can you blame Stern? Can you blame him for just having a big freaking Elvira house in the back of the game? Yeah, I know to shoot the castle or the house. I know the ramp's going to go up or down. I know what to hit without even knowing the rules of the game. That's how you make pinball, everybody. Look, can you blame Can you blame people out there that vote for Canada's Pinball Podcast for best pinball podcast of the year? Can you blame me for being honest and transparent with you always? Even to the point where sometimes I might change my mind, even to the point where I might seem a little arrogant and overly confident, even to the point where it might actually seem like I'm hurting the hobby, right? I, I got a, a, I had a little correspondence yesterday with, with Joe over at Pin Graphics, and he was talking to me about how, you know, Chris, like what you say is hurting Jersey Jack pinball sales. And I said to him, I'm like, look, man, I got to be honest. I was really happy Jack invited me over and I was happy that I got to see Wonka early. But when I asked them a very simple question, do you you or do you not have the assets? I just don't appreciate not hearing the truth about that simple question. And when you spin it or lie or mislead, whatever, whatever like hyperbole you want to say, I just don't appreciate that. And because he did that, it, it made the conversation around the game much more negative for me. And so, you know, Joe's like, but Chris, like Jersey Jack Pinball, you have an obligation not to hurt these companies because they have mouths to feed. Because there's people who go in there every day and are working hard and we want to make sure that they stay in business. And you know what? No, that is where I draw the line on this podcast. That is where I draw the line uh, with, you know, how I deal with people in life. The bottom line is this. The person who has the responsibility to make sure that those people's mouths are fed, that their kids are getting money for education, that they have jobs, is Jack. It's his company. And Jack's responsibility is to you know, handle and manage his, his interviews the right way and tell people the truth. And if anything happens to any pinball company out there, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. I did not. You remember the whole, I think one of the reasons why we became so popular was the highway pinball debacle. Think about it. 
Everything that was going on was telling you to support Andrew Highway. Everybody was telling you things were going to be okay. Everyone, you know, guys like Hilton, people forget. They, they have memory loss. People like Hilton were telling you that Andrew's going to deliver to still keep your money in. And look what happened when I tried. When I tried to tell you what was happening behind the scenes, what happened? Everyone started to say that Canada was bad for the hobby. Canada's making stuff up. I tried to share information on Pinside that I knew was accurate. What happened? Robin took it down. I tried to create a shill account to share what was accurately happening, and they, they banned that account. I've been trying just to tell you guys, stuff happens behind the scenes that we should talk about that you need to know as consumers, and no one else wants to talk about it. I mean, the clear code issue was never going to be handled so quickly if we didn't keep banging the drum about it. And, and, and I love it now. Like, people are making fun of me. You know, I, I, I hear it. I hear the other pinball podcast. Oh, we're not going to talk about clear code. Ha, ha, ha. Why is that a joke? Why is it a joke to these other pinball podcasts and these Twitch streamers? Like, why are people making light of the fact that manufacturers were shipping you defective products? Like, why is that funny? Is it funny to the guy who's looking down at his expensive game that now is all chipped? I don't get it. I don't get why these people are so afraid to just have a backbone, stand up for something, and speak your mind when you see something wrong going on. I mean, I, I, maybe I would have been a better lawyer than a pinball podcaster, but come on. Let's all, let's all rally together around finding the truth about what's going on in this hobby, right? And we exposed Andrew Highway for who he was. You know what I need to do? I need to do this. I was going to do this on episode 400, but I need to do this soon. I've never done this show, and it's gonna be. The, I think I'll be one of the ones I do, uh, you know, coming up soon. Here's what I need to do. I have a transcript that someone sent me from Highway Pinball. It was someone who worked at Highway Pinball, and it is a correspondence between Andrew Highway and them, and the back and forth between the two about you know Andrew Highway was like panicking, trying to get games out because he saw the storm was coming, and he knew that people would like bail if they didn't get their full throttles. And it's the employee basically telling him, like, dude, like, you're out of your mind. Like, I'm not coming in. Like, there's nothing to do. Like, we're, we're, we're frozen right now. It's, it's amazing. I'm going to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to have someone come on with me. And one of us will be Andrew Highway. One of, one of, the other person will be the employee. And we're just going to read it. It's going to be one of the greatest pinball podcasts ever. Okay. Can you blame them? What else is left on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast? Well, you know, can you blame. I don't know, man. What else can we blame in this pinball podcast world? Oh, man. I just want to say, like, let's close out this episode. I got to get to work. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, you guys have been following this show. Some of you, I know, some of you turn me on and you just you're, you turn me on just to laugh at me. That's fine. Some of you turn me on and you enjoy every episode. Some of you listen to every episode on your ride to work. Some of you listen to this uh, around the world in different countries. Uh, some of you uh, mow the lawn while you're listening to Canada's Pinball Podcast. Some some of you actually listen with your wives. They enjoy it. You know, I, I enjoy doing it. I enjoy doing it. I listen to all the other podcasts. I read Pinside. I try to stay on top of what's going on in this hobby. And all I've ever wanted to do on this show from day one, a couple things. I wanted to give you guys as much information about what's going on in the pinball hobby so that if you only listen to this show, you would have a good grasp of what is going on and what is ultimately relevant right now in the hobby, okay? 
I'm not looking at like talking about the history of pinball. Like there's so many podcasts about that. Okay. I don't care about competitive pinball play at all. I don't care. And I don't think most of you care either whatsoever. I think most of you are too busy in life to, to apply the amount of time it takes to be a pinball tournament player. Okay. The other thing I try to do other than keep you informed and the most important thing is just keep you entertained. The only reason to do a pinball podcast is to be entertaining and we can do it. I believe in a way that nobody else can solamente just me just what's in my head no notes no editing no interviews i can still keep you entertained and it's because i don't know maybe it's just like i have a little bit of an add mind but i think you know what we talk about on this show and i say we because in a way maybe i am t- maybe chris is always talking to canada in his head and that's how i i i make it through this world do i, do I have like a bipolar disorder but i just want this show to be entertaining you know, I listen to other shows and, and, and I, I have to say this. I think the mistake everybody makes, and I, and I said this to Ben Heck from the very beginning, everybody makes a box and they put themselves in that box. And that box might be, well, we're going to have a show up every Monday, regardless if there's anything to talk about, regardless if I feel like it, regardless if we have a good guest and it burns them out. It burns them out, right? My, my, my good friend, used to be good friend, Ryan C., great, great episodes of head-to-head pinball for so long. And now what? Burnt out. You can tell it. Marty's just like, they're running on fumes now. Running on fumes without Ryan C. But they have to do it. It's just like, have to do it. You know, and so like, I think what we've always done is we said, look, we're just going to do it when we feel like it. You heard me a couple weeks ago. I'm like, I don't feel like doing the show. So I might take a week off. There's no, there's no schedule. Because there is no, is, is there a schedule for when you think about pinball? Is there a schedule for when you feel like listening to a pinball podcast? I don't think so. And it's just organic. We just go with the flow. And one day, you know this, I know this, one day this show is not going to exist. Like years from now, someone's going to stumble upon this show and be like, what the F is this? But this show exists to entertain you. Okay. Jack Danger, good friend of mine, entertain you with this hobby. Why would we do anything other than try to entertain you. We're not here to bore you. We're not here to like be too preachy. We just want to entertain you with our pinball commentary. And I think there's a lot of great pinball podcasters out there. They know who they are. They knew everyone who knows who I listen to, who I'm a fan of. It's great. You know, I, I really would love though. I would love to go three for three with the Twippy. And I'll tell you why. Nobody, nobody takes more arrows more criticism and nobody has been sort of uh, you know slandered in a way more than than I have and people call me all sorts of names and I'm, I'm gonna be honest like it does get to me at times but you know what the reason why I continue to do this and I hope you I hope you feel the enthusiasm is because I love the fact that I know you enjoy it that's it if nobody listened right if I saw my listener base go down and down and down I would I would hang it up I would hang it up. You know what? It's run its course. But I don't know if you feel it. I kind of feel it. I feel like at episode 400, a period in which I don't think anyone else could get this far with this much energy and enthusiasm. I'm here to tell you right now, I don't feel tired anymore. I don't feel fatigued. I feel motivated and energized to do another 400 episodes of Canada's Pinball Podcast. I think that's music to a lot of your ears. We're not going anywhere. Oh, we're going to cover 2020 is going to be a crazy year in this hobby. So everybody, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for tuning in. This has been episode 400 
of Canada's Pinball Podcast. Hard to believe we got this far, but the only reason I got here was because of all of you out there and all the haters out there, all the haters out there. I dedicate all 400 episodes to you. Thank you so much because I know you guys, you guys listen to every show twice. Have a great day, everybody. (laughs) 